everything Beyonce touches turns into gold, solid gold soul, even country music. Her latest single, Texas Hold'em, is a number one hit on the Billboard country charts, making her the first black woman to ever achieve such a milestone in a genre of music that, despite its roots in black culture, has traditionally excluded artists of color. Even Dolly Parton is a big fan and congratulated her on social media. But whenever you break a boundary, there's bound to be some backlash. Today, comedian Matt Brown joins us to talk about the popularity of Beyonce's Texas Hold'em and how popular culture is a powerful tool in breaking down barriers of inequality. Listen as we look back on the new documentary, Thriller 40, that examines how Michael Jackson's album, Thriller, changed the face of music and helped hip-hop go mainstream. The Color Purple musical film gets a Best Supporting Actress Oscar nomination for Danielle Brooks, and Matt's third-part docuseries on Whitney Houston's musical style is now live on his YouTube channel, Black Music Archive. Plus, did Beyonce's Texas Hold'em rip off the theme song from Franklin the Turtle, a Canadian kids cartoon? Ricky Martin has a foot fetish. And Barbara Streisand says not looking like the girls in the magazines was critical to her success. I'm Fausto Fernos. I'm Mark Fillion. And this is Feast of Fun. Black History Month is coming to an end, and of course, uh, all over the internet and television and films, you see a lot of celebration of amazing stories and people who have changed the world, because after all, black history is American history, and black culture is popular culture. Indeed. Uh, and joining us today is the creator, one of the co-creators of Black Music Archive. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say no? that. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, shit, yeah. I was overstepping you. Yeah. What a, you're just the assistant. No, <laughs> I'm a producer. A producer on the YouTube series Black Music Archive. Loud, proud, black and beautiful. The comedian, the legend known as Matt Brown is on today's Face of Fun. Hello, thank you all so much for having me. Welcome. It's always a pleasure to have it's you. It's so nice to perform yeah. phone sex with you all here on Feast of Fun. Can you say that more like uh, Kathleen Turner? <laughs> yes, would you like to have another discussion with Kathleen Turner? <laughs> <laughs> I was a great actress in the 1990s, if any of you are familiar with the decade. Yeah. Um, I never had the Rachel, yeah. but this I was is, there in the 90s. Yes, this ain't Kathleen Turner. You oh, can't yeah. hold it. I quite enjoy that new Beyonce song because there are low notes in it, and I sing rather low as well. Oh. You know, this ain't Texas. We don't hold them. Lay your cards down, down, down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, Beyonce's uh, foray into country music has uh, got the world shocked. Well, she's from Houston. Like, why shouldn't she sing country music? Yeah, like, I'm, exactly. I'm from uh, Puerto Rico. I'm Texas Rican, though. I lived in Texas for six mm -hmm. years. You know, I have family there mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Out in Texas. What are you coming out with your country album? Oh, I did, honey. I did the Country Roads. I did uh, These Boots Are Made For Walking, Tejano mm -hmm. style. Ooh. That was really nice. Con las botas voy mm -hmm. caminando, pues ya lo comprendí. Prontos ya estas botas van a fastidiarte a ti. Botas, están listas? Andale! <laughs> you it's great as a Tejano it song. Is. It's phenomenal, yeah. yeah. And I never released it, but you know, steal it. Internet, why you stole it? Everything else from me. Why not this? Fausto's done some of his best work in a Mexican restaurant. Really, <laughs> truly. I'm like, uh, yeah, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Some of my best concerts has been in all you can eat buffets. Oh, 100. Yeah. You, you were one of my favorite mariachi players in all of human history. <laughs> so Dolly Parton is congratulating Beyonce with her single, 
Uh, not single Simulator. ladies. No. Mm-hmm. That was a decade ago. <laughs> that was a decade ago. At least. Still Texas stands the Hold'em. test of time, though. Yeah. So Texas Hold'em is mm-hmm. now number one in the billboard of country music, and it's the song that everybody wants to listen to. Mm-hmm. And they know that one line. Yeah, there you go. That's all you <laughs> need. Texas. And, and, you know, and, and it, it was uh, co-sponsored by the brand, the car manufacturer, Lexus. Of oh, course. Really? They paid for that? They paid for that. Yeah. All right. Does Make Beyonce do anything for free? Well, I mean, you'd think he'd make enough money off the song, but why not do a little product? I don't even think she else. stayed with Jay-Z after Lemonade for free. I think you got to pay Beyonce for everything, as you should. <laughs> as you should. Well, so, I think when she holds her yeah. children, they owe her money. <laughs> I, I really... <laughs> well, have you heard about the Beyonce test? Uh, no, what What do you... It was something I, I, I had heard on the radio, and basically it's, a, it's usually black women mm-hmm. asking yeah. men... What do you think about Beyonce? Oh yeah, and yeah, so yeah. depending on how they <laughs> how they respond, it's because they typically see that as a universal statement. How do you feel about black women? Uh huh. So if you're just like, oh, I think she's this horrible person, then they're probably like, oh, you probably don't like or respect black women. I don't. I can understand why that might be like a valuable metric when dealing with non-black men or with black men, I guess. Like on the dating scene is typically how but it's kind of used. I sort of don't like how it reinforces tokenism. You know, because it's like we if, have to like Beyonce because she's black, not because we like. Her no, music. it's like if she's the one acceptable black girl, and if they like her, then they'll like me. I don't like that line of thinking. Mm. Well, I do notice that yeah. you know Beyonce is like ice cream. If you say you don't like Beyonce, you sound crazy. Like if you said I don't like ice cream, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and see people mm-hmm. like I'm going to be brave and say I love Beyonce, and I'm like, yeah, oh wow, you're. Such I know a it's planet. not a popular mm-hmm. opinion, but I really like Beyonce. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you I like ice cream? Her. Yeah, boy, that's you're so <laughs> radical. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I have like the more radical, controversial take of like, she's a good singer with some of this stuff. Yeah, oh, I, 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 I don't think everything's brilliant. Some some stuff's really good, and something's just like okay. But Beyonce doesn't do anything by chance, and I think no. that like Lexus contacted her and said, "Hey, we're trying to expand into this market. We want you to write a song that has the word Lexus in it." And she's like, hmm, let me think about it. Did somebody send my name? Did somebody have a check for me? And so she sat down. And Why she's like, is that what she sounds like? Why does she sound like Pam Greer and coffee in 1974? Foxy that's, Brown. Like, that's what, what you, she sounds like. I, I don't know. Said, yeah, I just when, watched Foxy Brown the other day. I'm sure you did. I love that movie. Yeah, uh, Pam Greer's titties. God oh, bless man. them. Both of them. <laughs> Both yeah, it, you know, Beyonce, she d- did a similar character based on Pam Greer. Yeah, for the movie. Gold, gold member. member. Yeah, yeah. Cleopatra Jones. That's right. That's it's right. solid gold, baby. It's <laughs> solid. <laughs> <laughs> and so Beyonce, uh, you know, sat down and she's like, well, what rhymes with Lexus, Texas? I'm from Houston, baby. Let's write a song. Do you think it. she only remembered once they asked her? Yeah. Like, of oh yeah, Lexus. Oh yeah, I'm from Texas. <laughs> I remember that. Oh yeah. She's the last family living in Houston. Yeah. <laughs> you just made it sound like it was a revelation to her. Yeah, yeah. I did spend 25 years there. <laughs> Shit, you're right. Well, she was like, as a kid, she was part of that whole pageant scene. <laughs> and a lot of people don't know, like, the Texas girl pageant scene yeah. is fierce. John Knowles. Ro- yeah. <laughs> the, you know what? They, they have the. Uh, pageant oh my in my God, hometown for 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 little black girls. It was called Little Miss Tawny. I'm screaming. <laughs> you could have won it. I'm sure I would have won it. Oh my God! Yeah, if I had my little Rashida Jones Kamala blowout. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I do feel bad for her sisters though. You know? Why? 
Well, because they're all kind of like playing second fiddle to her, you know? And, and you can sometimes see Beyonce that. Beyonce's sister? Yeah, sisters. There's another one? There's one besides Solange? Like, I didn't I thought all, they were all her sisters. What? I, oh, my God. Well, I are, the are you serious? How many do you think she has? All those uh, Name Destiny's Child, Solange. Are you kidding me? Solange and those, I don't the know. The people in Destiny's Child are not, they're, they're, they're not her sisters? You, really? You sound like know. an 80-year-old old man i thought all black people were related what like that's we're all they, related, they do all know each other yeah <laughs> are you sure i'm pretty Dude, sure are you, you sure? from texas are depends you on where you live in my hometown of erie they all knew each well other. yeah there's seven yeah it's erie pennsylvania that's always how white people got that stereotype it's like oh yeah all black people know each other well there's only four where you live stupid why wouldn't we yeah exactly like, see it makes sense but in the rest of the world you know like in a so, so broader uh, extrapolation uh, that doesn't does have out. two sisters okay. and they have sang with her. Does, is the other one older? Uh, the She has a other sister named Bianca, but she has not uh, been part of Destiny's Child. That's why I got confused. Neither was Solange. Was like, what are you talking? You're trying to like Solange. ground. And who's the other one? There is no other one. Well, the Destiny's Child, though. They the, were just friends. Michelle. Michelle. Okay. But what, <laughs> and so which one did we see that had the greasy ankles? What's wrong with you? This all has to be edited out. You look really like this is insane. But wait, what was the one that that uh, that uh, we I saw perform? I think it was Michelle Williams. I think it was. No, I thought or it was, was it Kelly? It could have been Kelly. What are you talking? So there's been three other co-stars in Destiny's Child. So Destiny's Child, yeah. Beyonce, Mark Knowles, had a Google. I love how you've way. been confused Kelly about this Rowland for 20 years. And Michelle Williams. Well, because Beyonce is the only one that matters. Destiny's Child broke up 20 years ago, and you have never investigated that I thought they were all sisters for the past 20 years. <laughs> so with Beyonce yes. uh, and being part of the top charts, right? Yeah. And, and I just found out that she only has one sister. <laughs> or two sisters. Two sisters. But, but anyways, uh, with that, you know, I think Bianca, like Beyonce who- doesn't do anything by chance, and she released the single during sort of like you know Black Pride, Black History Month, because it was going to stand to be a song that really is like shocked and challenged people. And so like John Schneider, country Western music icon, not really. Uh, you may know him as Bo Duke from the Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> he went on social meetings like, you stay in your lane, Beyonce, you know? And I was just like. Nothing like a racist guy trying to tell a black woman what to do. And I just, I, I, you know, I'm, I, w- well, I wish he- I was sh- ashamed of masturbating to Bo Duke from the Dukes of Hazard. It's never <laughs> too late pervert. for shame. But it's I'm never a pervert, too late. You know? Well, I yeah. don't know what he's talking about, like any lane to stay in, because wouldn't, I yeah. think his lane closed because since they stopped making TV movies in the early 2000s. So I don't really know what lane he has. Well, it's, like, it's, a, I don't, it's a tragedy because, you know. in Smallville. Yeah, he was the dad and uh, Superman's dad in Smallville. But but you know, in terms of the Dukes of Hazard, that show was very populous. It was like showing that Republicans and the police were the villains. Okay, you have to you explain know? what Dukes of Hazard is to your it was audience because nobody show. nobody remembers 1977 like I do. <laughs> you didn't have a Dukes of Hazard lunchbox. I had an antenna. Uh, so <laughs> like, yeah, it was like a part of that's heyday is Charlie's Angels, the Love Boat, and those kind of shows. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, unique in the sense that in, it was uh, initially filmed in the South, in Georgia, mm-hmm. and then later on was filmed in Simi Valley in, in California. But, you know, the series took uh, place in Georgia was basically uh, two brothers who were uh, booze smugglers, moonshiners. moonshiners, who went to prison. And I guess the premise was that they couldn't hold weapons. They couldn't, they own couldn't guns, have guns, but they could have 
arrows with dynamite with dynamite and blow shit up which i think is even more dangerous Mm -hmm. (laughs) so they kind it kind of was like a you know sherwood forest and robin hood kind of story literally the song the theme song was modern day yes exactly i have hillbilly uncles so this i i just got to go to kentucky i didn't have to watch and they drove around in a car called the general lee that had a confederate flag on it but back in the day we didn't even think about it. You know what I mean? It, it was not it something that was discussed. Yeah. You know, it was just taken for granted. You know? Yeah, they were still. It was just a sign of being a rebel, you know? Yeah, you know, back in the 70s, they were just, you know, slavery was fun. It was fine. It was very that. It was very that. It was, but I don't think that people, the general public, had an understanding of what the flag meant uh, like they do today. I think that is yeah. a crock of shit that is an excuse that people tell themselves. Everyone knew what it meant Everyone's always well, they were more known accept- okay, so more accepting of it. They were exactly clearly accepting because it was a popular. It wasn't show. worth the conversation, right? That right. that that's the difference. And let's, now, let's and, and nowadays, uh, and I believe it. Like I don't know when they rebooted it with uh, Johnny Knoxville. For, I, they still had it on. They there. still had it on there, but now they're just like, we're not doing this, you know. Mm-hmm. So the, part of the problem with uh, and frustration that John Schneider has with the way the world is today. Uh, is that his beloved television show that made money for him mm-hmm. is no longer being syndicated because of of its association with racist symbols, right? And even though the show itself, the plot line was very much about challenging the status quo, and there were episodes mm-hmm. where the Duke boys helped black folks survive, you know? And they were they were rebels in, oh, in a yeah, positive sense. Racist. Sexy rebels. Sexy rebels. And there were episodes where they were like naked. And so, it, you know, it, it, it played Tight upon jeans. that. There was one episode where they were Packages. nice to black people and they helped me come when I was 14. <laughs> so I think he's nice. I think he's a really nice guy, Matt. So part of the problem that he's facing now today is that he's become kind of a Trumper, a right winger, a conservative and a very loud racist. Mm-hmm. And so it's really frustrating for a lot of people who idolize the guy. And feel like he's sort of betrayed the image that they had of him as Superman's father, as this moralistic, this kind, gentler man. You know? I just want to know what, yeah. in the back of his mind, led him to believe that the Dukes of Hazard was of such high quality that it was going to run in syndication in perpetuity forever. Like, it was kind of a piece of shit in the 70s. What are, what, no, what, what, we loved that show. But oh it wasn't God, good. It was such, like it, it, wasn't was res- it, was, it wasn't respected as good television. It's not like, oh, this is like beautiful. Like Love Boat? It's not like no one thought like it was Charlie's like. Charlie's Angels? Yeah, no one thought it was like well shot or like well made. It was kind of a piece of shit at the time. It was very mm-hmm. influential. Um, you Kids know, like to this it. day and age, everybody calls a pair of short cutoff jeans. Day- Daisy Dukes. That's right. You know, I don't know that that's everybody. I think that I, I don't think anyone else my age would call them that or get there. They right. were there also people, one of my yeah. driving, like to drive a car. They were one of my inspirations. The boat. I've been in a car. And with the her. other, and the other was uh, Cruella DeVille. Did you make your, of course it was. <laughs> so wait, did you make your parents paint the car black and white like a Dalmatian or paint the Confederate flag on it? Or was it both? <laughs> one on each side. So which back to it? the Beyonce quiz, like okay. uh-huh. do, Beyonce do we, test. the test, uh-huh. it's not like which which Destiny's Child girl uh, singer are you? Which of Beyonce's no, which sisters, sisters are you? <laughs> I'm clearly <laughs> Bianca. Whoever <laughs> that is. I'm Mama Tina. I'm I'm Beyonce's mother for sure. I, I make the outfits. Remember when Beyonce's mom used to make all their clothes? Aw. Uh, That's a time. cute day. And yeah, then her mom yeah. made some clothes for Liza Minnelli as well. So back to the song, the Texas Hold'em. Yes. Do you guys feel like, what are your thoughts on it? Like, you know, do you feel like it's challenging people? I mean, it's certainly a testament to Beyonce's ability to create a song mm-hmm. that's catchy and 
fun. So when you played it for me. Did she create it, though? I don't know. I think we have She's a little. She's involved I to think generate we, music. I think we need to bring Instagram yeah, like this situation. <laughs> yeah, see who wrote it. Because <laughs> um, when you played it for me, what I, I, what the two thoughts that went through my mind when I was saying, like, oh, I understand this completely. The two things that went through my mind were like, okay, she's doing a country album. Like, she wrote this. One, I think she's tired of dancing. Uh huh. I that's part because you don't have to dance to that. You can just sort of like shuffle. Yeah, yeah. So I think she's ready to like you know just sort of line dance and do a jazz square. I think she's kind of tired of dancing. Do you know how many people were involved in creating this one song? Probably seven. Beyonce, Raphael Sadiq, Bulo, Lowell, Nolan Quinn, Killa B. And Nathan Ferrari. I was what right, about, seven. Don't forget about the turtle in Canada. <laughs> Where do I find my safe stuff on my Instagram? Oh, honey. Uh, you got me a call of customer support for that. Well, I want to I play the song. And I'm not I don't know. What, you're asking me if I'm an you expert. You don't know how to find his... your safe stuff? I forget. Mm. Here, give me your phone. Jesus Christ, I'm live on the air here. Boomer. Boomer. <laughs> Where do I find the save button? So you're going to go into your, so you're going into new post. So mm-hmm. your first of all, your phone is on airport mode. So let's turn that off. It was <laughs> no way. It was not on airport. So there mode. we go. It was do not disturb. So we're gonna go into the little stripe here, Daddy, and we're gonna go to saved. And I don't know where you put things in saved, so you're gonna have it's to find gonna, it. It's gonna be under funny. Okay. You think Texas? You don't know but how yeah, to use no, Instagram. Yeah, no, I guess I guess seven. Here and that's how many it took. Okay, so let's play. listen. Yeah. Just uh, hold it to the. You're a Canadian trying to figure out why Beyonce's new song sounds so familiar. It's like Texas. I recognize that. Matt, you're the music expert. Mm-hmm. Franklin was on Canadian television from 1997 to 2004. He's a turtle. It's a cartoon show. Okay, now. And that's a theme song for I it. find this very difficult to judge because okay. as somebody who grew up as like a child of the early 2000s, I was raised on South Park, and I hate to admit when the Canadians are right. It really, <laughs> it fucks me up deep. Okay. Okay. Because okay. so I, I know because yeah. of uh, uh, South Park that they're barely people. So I, I, I know, I know South Park taught me well um, with the Canadians, but I definitely think that the, whoever wrote this theme song for Franklin definitely needs a co-writing credit. Mm. Um, but this all could, and I could see some um, smart people coming back with this response, that this could all fall under the banner of all country music sounds the same anyway, so mm-hmm. shut up, stupid. Right. Also- it, might be, it might be like a riff or whatever that's been 100 years old. Yeah. And they're just yeah. repurposing it. Yeah, who knows? So, so Fra- it's Fra- hey, it's Franklin's the name of the TV show. Do you think the creators of that song could sue Beyonce and, oh, and if, company? If they're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would think the AI machine would have clamped down on it. They, Beyonce the- paid the AI off. <laughs> Solange beat it up. <laughs> Get in the elevator, AI. Get in the elevator. Get in the car. I love her. I want Solange the to elevator. be my bodyguard. Beat him up in the elevator. Yeah, I yeah. love her. Miss Seely, you show is, uh, your song is so derivative of Franklin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is real close. It's real close to a kid's cartoon. So uh, um, the Color Purple musical film, not, not one has one nomination for Best Supporting Actress. 
for Tasty, mm-hmm. for uh, like, I, I, I know everybody knows her as Tasty. Uh, Danielle, Danielle Brooks, Brooks. yeah, mm-hmm. best supporting actress for she, playing Sophia. Sophia, yeah. the Sophia. role that was originated by Oprah Winfrey mm-hmm. in the original film, The Color Purple, based on the book. But Danielle's also been yeah. with this character for like a, a decade now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. she played it on Broadway, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and yeah. you guys know her from Orange Is the New Black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or Tasty ended up in prison and stayed in prison. I know, mm-hmm. Heart, you know, and I hate how the goes to prison. Then. Sophia does go to prison. Yeah. She mm-hmm. spent a lot of times behind bars mm-hmm. as actress. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, she's something that she's very familiar with is how to moat behind a iron bars. I think it'd be really funny yeah. if like her whole career she's been hiding the fact she was in juvie when she was a kid. Like <laughs> and she just keeps looking yeah. for jail roles because she's like, I know what to do. <laughs> so as somebody who was a huge fan is still a huge fan of the original Steven Spielberg directed film, mm-hmm. uh, the, the new film is directed by Ghanaian film director Blitz Basawule. Mm-hmm. And so it definitely has a, a very different <laughs> feel and tone than the Steven Spielberg film. Mm. There's no dinosaurs running around in this one. <laughs> I'm screaming. But, you know, and, and, and part of my frustration, because Mark and I saw the pared down version of the Broadway musical mm-hmm. that originally had the two Quincy Jones songs, uh, Sister and uh, God is Trying to Tell You Something, mm-hmm. sung by Tata Vega, which is mm-hmm. one of my favorite gospel singers of all time. Mm-hmm. And... You know, and I was like, we were really frustrated because those songs are so powerful and evocative, and they got, for whatever reason, removed from the musical. And now the color purple musical film brings them back, mm-hmm. and and uh, my my spine was tingling. My I got goosebumps when they brought up those songs in the film. So they do it in such a masterful, beautiful way. It also the new film sort of explains better the plot and the relationships of all the characters to each other. So it's streaming now on Hulu or Amazon Prime, and check it out. It's definitely uh, five stars, and definitely, you know, Danielle Brooks is probably gonna might get it, might get the Oscar. I'm happy that Danielle Brooks got nominated to play Sophia, but um, I sort of am not sure if she was like the best person who could have been cast for it. Something I've been talking about on stage a little bit for the past year, my little fantasy in my head, yep. is that I think they should have let Meghan Markle audition to play Sophia. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's, you know, she's not a working royal anymore. She could do the job. Right? She is an actress. I, she she is, has She worked. is indeed an actress. Yeah. And indeed Before she is, got married. And indeed is a black American woman. And I think that maybe if my friend Kathleen Turo could, maybe I could be her acting coach. What would I that could, be I like? Would, well, Meghan, we've got to look at this seriously. We've got to say it with soul. So you can't go in there the way you'd say it and be all, I loves Harpo and I'll kill him dead before I let him beat me. You've got to say it like you mean it, Megan. I loves Harpo and I'll kill him dead before I let him beat me. And if you don't say it right, Megan, it's going to rain on your head. That, that's how I think that would go. That's, that's See, can you say mind. it as Kathleen Turner, like, why'd you tell Harpo to beat me? Why'd you tell Harpo to beat me? I loved Harpo. I had to fight my daddy. I had to fight my <laughs> uncles. I had to fight my brothers. But I loved Hoppel. You know, I did feel like a, there was a, and you know, this may be sacrilegious to say, but like yeah. Tyler Perry is a very influential filmmaker in the sense that like a lot of the way he uses characters, religion, and setting and stage setting into to tell a story. And I felt like this film you know, could have been directed by Tyler Perry. Because <laughs> there was like scenes, especially the very end where they have the family mm-hmm. reunion. 
and the reconciliation. Yeah. You know, it's, is I, it a spoiler? There wasn't a lot of hot guys playing basketball, though. So it's not gonna. <laughs> it's not a Tyler Perry movie. I, I, but there, but there is a, like there's there. I could feel Tyler Perry's influence in this film. Do you think the way Tyler that Perry told. is ever gonna direct an Oscar-nominated dog commercial? <laughs> like, let's, let's dog food commercial. No, we're selling them. We're selling um, dogs now. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're selling Jesse. Um, oh, no, he's but, not for sale. But I just, yeah. I don't, I think that yeah. there might have been some attempt to play to that. Because so, that's the audience. They wanted, a lot of God. A lot of God stuff. They wanted older church-going black people to definitely go to this. Mm. They wanted people that were in their 60s who would have remembered going to see this in the theater when they were young to, you know, come back. And so I do think you want to play to some of that. Mm. You, you know, the, what that market share has been seen to, you know, go support but I don't think they necessarily need to. Um, t- Tyler needs to stay in Atlanta. We'll just put it that way. Well, you know, I, I, I do feel a bit sad that like the line, Miss Seeley, you show is ugly. Didn't get said or, you know, see, Papa, even sinners have soul or mama booty. Mama booty. <laughs> what the? F- I, I, At the very end of this, when she gets. Reconciled with her son, you know. I, I feel like you just start devolving into like racist documentaries you saw in that Puerto Rico. That, no, that's like, the color purple, the original film. Oh, you know. Okay. You never come on. How many times a, a gay man said to each other, "Miss Ely, you show is ugly." That part I remember. Come on, Miss Ely. You well, they show do. Is ugly. The husband does call her ugly, <laughs> and she's not the I same. May be ugly. And there's a scene where Suge Avery is sitting in the bathtub, and she's pissed off. At Miss Seeley, and she's looking at her, and you know she could just said right then and there, Miss Seeley, you show it. Well, because she's more turned on by her in this. I film. know, but now, she, that was the there's a little bit of a romance, a lesbian romance that doesn't really go anywhere, but, except for like just a like in real thing. life. Womp, womp. God bless the. I lesbians. feel like they were more lesbianic in the in the in the play and the musical that was on Broadway the, the tour. They were. They, they, yeah. they the were sexuality also, of the characters. They were also rather gay in the book. Mm. Yeah. It was a. There's a lot of lesbian going on. Hollywood has to de gay it. I guess I don't know why they're so nervous about it because, like, one, lesbians are awesome. Um, two, they're better at everything than we are. Three, is that why you're not a lesbian? Uh, well, I don't think I really can be. You know, with the way um, things work. Don't be work. a turf. What? I, I'm a man, and I'd like to remain one. So I'm pretty sure that I can't be a dyke. I'm pretty sure that's sort of how that. Okay, would work. we'll let that slide. For you now. can be a tourist. Um, uh, you, can, you, can, you can visit. You can't live. There. I think I'm bringing the exact thing they don't yeah. want to the table, <laughs> like a big beautiful cock, roughly. Um, and so yeah, no, but I the lesbians are great, but I don't understand why yeah. they are so nervous to bring like more because there is some gay presence like in film and TV, but it is mostly us, and I wonder why because. I think straight men are less put off by gay women. Yes. So you would think kind of turns them on a little bit. So you'd think that anything that's trying to market to like your average man mm-hmm. would not be afraid of like a representative lesbian element. Yeah. I don't know. Male sexuality can be very threatening to people. Well, it, well even, it's disgusting. Uh, yeah. Well, it's it, well, even like yeah. Tata Vega, who masterfully sings "God is trying to tell you something," mm-hmm. and it's really the emotional climax of the Steven Spielberg film. Uh, you men in your climaxes. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it feels like in this, it, it was kind of reminded me of, of how Jennifer Hudson took And I'm Trying to Tell You Something mm-hmm. in uh, Dreamgirls, the film adaptation of the musical, right? It's, it's instead of trying to be bigger and louder, she tried, she made it more intimate and softer. Mm-hmm. 
And in this sense, like it's the, the pastor and Shagavery, his daughter Shagavery, are having a reconciliation, which seems to me kind of like in both films and the book and everywhere, it's like just comes out of left field. It's just that doesn't seem like to be a, um, a motivation for his change in the way that he thinks about his daughter. Except so like in the film, the, him seeing his daughter holding her own in the gospel music song forces him to have no other choice than to embrace his daughter wholeheartedly. In this film, she shows up and she just sits next to him on the piano and they kind of sing and they hug each other and hug it out. I think they know? wanted to make it a little different. They don't want to reproduce yeah. it. They want to mm-hmm. give it a different kind of feel. And it has more of a little, like an intimate feel to it. You know, and a father was, playing a piano with his daughter. And maybe the the idea for the more modern movie, maybe they didn't want every male figure to be an antagonist. Mm. Maybe that was also part of the way they wanted to reframe it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because uh, there aren't really... Every single man in the original uh, movie needs his ass beat. <laughs> I'm trying to think of one yeah. in the one man in that movie. Did she have a husband in the in the in the in the first movie? I don't remember. No, she was just fucking Mister. Okay. Now that doesn't mean that she also did, she has a husband. that doesn't Who's mean rich. Uh, yeah, that doesn't mean she didn't have a few other Misters mm-hmm. because that's very much implied that Suge is um, a working girl. Mm. I think that's kind of the vibe that I got. Um, in addition to her cabaret life, um, you got to pay the rent. Uh, I. Poor baby. <laughs> but how many times have you said to you know to somebody, see Papa even sinners have soul? Never. Never not once. <laughs> Never not once. I, I've said Papa don't preach, I'm keeping my baby. Oh um, yeah, where's that baby now? You uh, forgot it, to feed it, didn't it's, you? It's um in one of those boxes by the fire department. <laughs> oh my god. I, I you give, have a year to get it back. <laughs> I give a new one every 30 days. Oh, I gotta catch months. up. Now with Black Excellence Music Archive. What are you talking about? Your your YouTube series. Why'd you add a word? <laughs> <laughs> There's no excellence in it. What are you talking about? Listen, if it's black, it's excellent. Well, yeah. So, but- so you're, uh, you guys are putting together the third part of your documentary web series on Whitney Houston. Yeah. So yeah. in the Explained series, which we've been doing for years, which oh. Malik and I, the whole uh, production team, have been doing these for years. We've done singers, everyone from like Anita Baker, Aretha Franklin, Shaka Khan. We are getting into some of our long form girls. That's what I call them. And Whitney was an episode we'd actually done this. This is, I think, our second or third time, actually, like redoing Whitney, um, because there's always more to discover. There's always more detail. There's always more singers that we can get access to as the channel grows and more people we can talk to about um, different things that we notice and different experiences. And so we got to the point where we realized, okay, Whitney's too long for one video. Mm -hmm. Like, because we spent a year and a half on the script uh, redoing it together, um, Malik and I did. And so Whitney is in three parts. Uh, the first two, it's really like the beginning, the middle, and the end is really how we structured it. Um, and the first two parts are already out on Black Music Archive, youtube.com slash Black Music Archive. Um, and we're currently gonna, we're currently working on Act Three, as I like to call it. And uh, that'll be coming out soon, which will be discussing like the final years, um, which will really be discussing sort of like the decline. Mm. Um, I really am proud of the Explain series because they're really entertaining. They're a lot of fun. Like they're. What do you mean to call it Explained? What you, you're explaining how their vocal techniques are, how their voices. What, what's the we're deal? explaining the whole chart of their voices through the progression of their career. We're really because the whole Explain series follows 
it's different from the way that you might have seen doc- other documentaries on Whitney because none of them were really focused on the actual music. Her life, yeah, her relationship with Bobby mu- Brown, the producers, her mm-hmm. childhood, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. You don't go into that. It's all there, but it's there to serve discussions about the music and the voice, and not the to serve and, and the technique, not to serve discussions about um, – Was she a lesbian so, or not? Yeah, or about sociocultural mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Like even though like we do situate things because Malik and I both have social science degrees in addition to all this stuff we do situate it in that Mm -hmm. the whole point is the music because anybody can get into it and look at her being a girl from new jersey her being a woman with a drug addiction her being you know this talent with this abusive relationship and anybody who's like trained and interested can get into all of that and they have done that and they've done interesting work with it but no one's really put the sheet music on Mm -hmm. the screen and said x plus y equals z what's something we should know about whitney houston's voice Something that you should, and this is something that we've gotten flack for from people who don't understand what everything means, but everybody always wants to say that because Whitney had uh, these beautiful high notes that Whitney was a soprano. And if you actually look at where how the music was written, how she structured her concerts, uh, really what the range actually was, what the music actually looked like, she did not have a high, high voice like a soprano. She would be considered a mezzo-soprano, mm-hmm. which is like a middle voice of a woman. Mm-hmm. Like there's sopranos, mezzos, So when and she contratos. went high, would that be falsetto? Um, no, when she goes high, she's still using her voice. Like she's still using her natural, authentic voice, but she doesn't have the crazy high notes that are associated with a really high voice. Mm. It's the fact that it's a middle voice that can go high makes the high note sound higher. Ah, It's uh, sort of like a Mariah Carey situation where you think like the belts, Mm -hmm. like, you know, not when she's doing the whistle Mm -hmm. stuff, the belted notes, you think they're a lot higher than they are because Mm -hmm. it's work for her. Did you see Mariah Carey scare that dolphin with that whistle? Uh, it's, un- it's hysterical. Mariah with a dolphin. <laughs> yes, a dolphin. I think I remember that. Did, and the dolphin yeah, yeah. was just like, get me out of here. <laughs> Do you know how many documentaries have been broadcast on television about Whitney Houston mm-hmm. since the di- day she died? Probably five. Fifteen. Damn. So let me read you the titles. Whitney. Whitney Houston, I want to dance with somebody. Whitney, can I be me? Whitney again. Uh, Whitney Houston, as I am. Whitney Houston, we will always love you. Whitney Houston, everlasting voice. Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson, the life of two icons. Whitney Houston, sparkle. Whitney Houston and Clive Davis, the soundtrack of our lives. Whitney Houston, the greatest love of all. Always Whitney Houston and Bobby and Brit, Bobby and Whitney and Brittany. And fame kills Whitney Houston. Some of these sound like perfumes. <laughs> Always. Everlasting Whitney love. Houston. Fame kills. Like, it sounds like new by Versace. Like, it's very. New by Whitney. So, you know, she made perfumes. She probably made a lot of money. Oh, I'm sure. Because yeah. um, that's something that a lot of people do think about. Like, if Whitney had um, survived, what would she have gotten into? She probably would have sold uh, gold-plated sneakers. Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, cause like, I don't know yeah. that she ever would have gotten her addictions under control enough to ever really be able to sing at even like 85% again. But I do think she could have gotten stuff under control enough to have like an acting career. Mm. And I think she would have been able to like model more. And I think she would have had perfumes. I think Whitney would have been great on social media if she'd lived long enough to see, to see Instagram and Twitter and stuff, because Dion Warwick's hilarious on Twitter yeah. And I think and Whit- cousins. Whitney very much had that same kind of personality where she, you really had to plan her good. She had to plan her good moods in a calendar. 
That's the best way I can put it. So social media likes those kind of people. Because, like, when you look at the yeah. candid stuff, Whitney Houston was really only having a great time when she was with her man, when she was on stage with her talent, or when she was at home with her baby. She she liked her mom sometimes, too. But, like, basically, she wanted to be with her family or she wanted to be using her gift. Everybody, and, every, all. everybody and everything else got on yeah. her nerves. <laughs> and I, I can relate. I can relate. She really you, didn't you really and, You're more Eartha Kitt or more Whitney Houston? Um, I'd say me and Eartha's bios match up a little bit yeah, more. I would say, gosh, I don't know. And, you know, this past month... A lost song mm-hmm. of Eartha Kit of all people mm-hmm. from the Emperor's New Groove. It was originally supposed to be called the Empire of the Sun. Mm-hmm. Is making the rounds on the internet, and I'm just like shocked by it. The Emperor's New Groove. So it was supposed also. to be a whole musical, and Eartha had like several songs in it. Of course, I did. and they cut them all out because they didn't feel like it was gonna go well. They didn't think that a cartoon musical headed by a 78-year-old woman would be a box office success. She said it was a catastrophe. They still paid me. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm like really disappointed that that never came to be. But there, you can watch like the animated, the sketchboard. I just feel like that would have ended up like taboo with Boy George. <laughs> like it just, it would have been a, a mess. freak any day of the week. <laughs> I'm comfortable around who those demented. <laughs> it Some people really yet. loved that musical. I mean, it didn't do very well on Broadway, but. It was ahead of its time. Is that what? I think. It might, you know, they might bring it back. I don't know. Uh, so uh, you heard that Trump uh, was selling gold-plated sneakers. Uh, it's not gold-plated. It's gold. <laughs> gold lame colored. He, he's selling Zingers. them on pre-order. Mm-hmm. No, be they've been sold out already, yeah. The pre-order has been sold out. Yeah. They will be supposedly uh, deliverable in July. You're never going to get them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're never going to get them. No. But, but already people are selling their <clears throat> pre-orders on eBay mm-hmm. for tens of thousands of dollars. Oh, wow. So, you know. Maybe I should have pre-ordered some. Yeah, <laughs> we had to give them the well, money. No, no. The and then the Trump said, you know, things like, well, the reason we came out with the sneakers is because black people love sneakers and he's trying to win the black vote. Well, did he say that or did they say that on Fox News? Both. Both. Yeah. So, okay. so it's just like, I'm like, oh, my God, are you so fucking stupid? No, <laughs> I mean, like, he does anything to make news. He doesn't care. But, you know, I was thinking about it, you know, when it comes to pop stars and like merchandising, it, you know, the only person I know think that has done Branded sneakers, I guess, is Kanye West, right? Mm-hmm. What? I, I, I well, mean, and Kanye's Jordan. a big figure for that side. For Trump, so. yeah, yeah. They just had a um, a, a, a hip hop fashion show, a museum show, like this past year in New York. So, mm-hmm. but have other sort all of like the, all pop the major culture. all the major fashion brands are tapping into into black hip hop culture and having them be brand ambassadors and selling that. Because so. mm-hmm. you know, like, and I, some did, of these I pop did an event stars, for a boutique yeah, downtown, yeah, yeah. and it was all black fashion influencers there. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I, like if Beyonce came out with a line of like, you know, shoes or makeup, like the Rue Girls, she'd do. be like Jessica Simpson and yeah. be a billionaire. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, if she doesn't have enough money already, it's like, you know, move over, Taylor Swift. Here comes Sasha Fierce with, at Kmart. I think she buried <laughs> Sasha, didn't she? Is she dead. I don't know. Maybe Sa- maybe Sa- what I, th- to- I think Sasha will come out once the kids gra- grow up. Okay. I think when she gets rid of Jay-Z and the kids, Sasha's going to come back out, and Sasha's going to be a whore. That's what I think. She'll be like, this is my line of cooking. Like yeah. Dolly Parton with she's, her. She's going to be like 52 and be like the Black Blanche Devereaux and call it Sasha. <laughs> That's what I think. Like 
Beyonce is going to do in her like late middle age. Like Dolly Parton with Duncan Hines put on boxes of cake mix. People love that cake. Apparently mix. it was good. I saw it at the grocery store, but I never picked it it's up. It's still there. I don't know. I don't really think like yeah. Donald Trump trying to like pander to uh, black people with sneakers is any more like stupid than Democrats trying to be like, you have to vote for us or we'll take your food stamps. Like it's all kind of racist and rude. Like they're kind of, there's no one like looking out for you who's going to be not a jackass. Like, I don't know. I, it's all stupid. Well, I think it's a difference between do you want an authoritarian state or do you want at least some semblance of democracy? Oh, you no, know, it's going to hell either way. Oh, yeah, no, 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 for sure. I'm not saying Trump I'd rather take the slow route. I'm not, than saying, the fast I'm not route. saying that. I'm just saying, just saying the fast route will be funnier. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's why Trump gets buoyed uh, by the media is because he's a darling to them because he makes them money and they get to laugh at all his stupid stuff. Meanwhile, there's mm-hmm. real life consequences. Well, I, that, which is why I think as a comedian, I think part of the solution is I think us liberals got to work on our sense of humor. No. I think I think liberals are a lot more funnier than than a lot of these conservatives. I think that we used to be the ones who were like I think the Democrats were like in the John Stewart days. Like I think twenty years ago, it was definitely the, new the John, perception. The old John Stewart days. Yeah, yeah, the, the old John Stewart days. I think yeah. that it was definitely the perception that the Republicans are humorless and that the Democrats are really funny. Mm-hmm. And I think that sort of slid the other way around. I don't know if it has. I'm trying to think of like a, a conservative comedian that I really think is funny. Well, I'm not saying necessarily that. There are a lot of conservative comedians that are doing well that identify themselves as conservative. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying, like, I think a, people look at a lot of the shit the Republicans do and think that, well, it's funny and it's fine. Well, that's what I'm Matt, saying. Matt, do you see yourself as a conservative person? In what sense? Well, that's why I'm asking you. Yeah. Like, I mean, you it, don't really it, think of yourself as that way. I think I'm sort of beyond, above, and over. I think, like, a. Someone with a someone with an actual functioning working intellect cannot be behind party lines. You sort of have to be like a so, so you're an undecided voter. I, <laughs> I, I gotta like I'm actually listening, trying. <laughs> but somewhere. you know you're, you you are not disenfranchised. You actually do go vote, and and you are have opinions about things, and you sort of don't tie yourself to political parties, Mm-mm. which I I would say is what most people are, right? Well, yeah, I think most people are yeah. willing to follow a good idea wherever it comes from. Yeah. Now, well, most people should be. I don't think most people are. I think most people should be. I but think like a conservative person who identifies as conservative yeah. will look at you and say you are a liberal, even though you don't, well, yeah. you probably agree on some of the things that they do. Well, and a liberal person will look at me and say you identify as a woman. So it's like, eh, eh, eh. Like, well, eh. you do say Miss Brown. It's a stage name. George Elliott was a woman and everybody understood that. I, I'm so tired of explaining simple shit to simple people. Okay. I can't take it. I can't take it. But I do it. notice like when people yeah. are introducing you on a stand-up comedy show and they're like, Miss Matt Brown. Mm. They're like, they're like, you could see their brains kind of like having short. Good. Stuff. I yeah. like being an unanswerable question that I refuse to even contribute to. You're not wearing any makeup today. It's nice yeah. to see you fresh face. I know. Disgusting. I woke up like this. <laughs> no, but I literally went to, I had a show Friday night. I yeah. literally showed up in like a button up black pants, boots, no makeup or anything. And they're like, Ms. Brown. And I'm like, uh, does so, that make yeah. sense? Yeah. Uh, Michael Jackson's document. There's a lot of good stuff right now that's being released. And I feel like, uh, you know, just go to the streaming sites and watch some of these things. Um, the Michael Jackson Thriller 40 documentary about the 40th anniversary of the seminal a- album mm-hmm. uh, that was produced with Michael Jackson, Quincy Jones. Michael Jackson sort of won Quincy Jones over and met him uh, during the filming of the film The Wiz. I'm sure he sat in his lap for hours. Yeah. <laughs> He's on down this road. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, 
at the time period in the early eighties, MTV was sort of the, the name of the game. And, you know, it was the only cable channel that showed music videos and uh, they didn't well, have black artists. Were like a new, well, they, before that, before MTV came to be, it was usually HBO. Um, and they played music videos to even out the time slots between films. But they also had like a USA had like an hour, like they had videos at night or during Up certain night. hours, that kind of thing. But MTV was the first dedicated station to, Music videos that were supposedly 24 hours a day. Uh, but USA uh, Up All Night came later. So the combat that started CNN. in 1989. But USA. Uh, MTV was in 1984. So. I'm not talking Up oh. All Night. I'm oh. just talking about the USA Network. Oh, I see. I see. It's yeah. a, the cable okay. network. Because yeah. you guys are always like, Up All Night. Well, well that makes perfect sense. You yeah. know, once Ted Turner made the news 24 hours, naturally you need music videos to sedate yourself. Absolutely. And Night Track was, oh my God. Because, you know, some of those kids, like our parents wouldn't pay for cable. Mm-hmm. So we had to get the super stations, you know? What does that mean? Basic. You got like 12 channels, not 50 channels or more, you know? Okay. And so we would watch, you know, Night Tracks on, on WTBS. Night Tracks. That sounds dirty. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, as a kid, it's like. It sounds like they have a gay bar in Louisiana. It was. Girl, I met him at Night Tracks. He tore my shit up. That <laughs> 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 was filthy. Sounds like somewhere Emmett from Queer as Folk would have tried to get married. <laughs> like, yeah. No, but so, you know, it was like, and the thing about music videos at the time, it was very divided, right? And so Michael Jackson's album, Thriller, mm-hmm. it was, and, and the documentary sort of explains this. It's like, it was Michael Jackson trying to make music that appealed to a broad audience and to a lot of white people by making songs like, you know, pulling Eddie Van Halen into beat it Mm -hmm. and giving it a hard rock feel to the song that Mm -hmm. he didn't have at that until up until that time. Mm -hmm. And what's really interesting is that his biggest, one of his biggest hits, uh, thriller was originally written as a love song instead of a thriller was like, Mm -hmm. it's because it's the moonlight shining bright. And you're like, Ooh, no, no, no. You know? And so turning Mm -hmm. it into a horror film kind of theme, like, you know, a, a tribute to, to scare films mm-hmm. and hi- hiring the American werewolf and London director. Uh, what was his name? Um, I don't remember the, it's one of your favorite films. Doesn't remember. I remember the director. I didn't know he directed thriller. I didn't watch the documentary like you did. Yeah. So in ki- in school, uh, we were, we were Mark's too pretty to pay attention. <laughs> Not paying attention. I just hadn't watched it yet. John Landis, John Jan Landis. Landis. Mm-hmm. He direct. So Michael Jackson was a huge fan of American werewolf in London. And so he uh, he wanted to have this ambitious music video where he transforms into a werewolf, but came out more looking like a pussy cat. And, I wonder why. And, and as a kid, we were scared of Michael Jackson. We were mm-hmm. like, "Oh my God, he's going to turn into a monster and hurt us," you know. And he still might. He might from the grave. Macaulay Culkin still. <laughs> <laughs> so. He hi- so so in in the wisdom of his management team, they turned to HBO mm-hmm. and turned the m- filming, the making of that music video into a film in of itself, the making of Thriller, and th- were able to fund the lavish music video. And so when MTV uh, showed it, in I believe it was around Halloween, mm-hmm. as a worldwide music film, like I was at a party. At, at my piano teacher's house with all these adults and everybody in the, the was 
in the room around a TV set watching this. It film. was destination television. People yeah. of mm-hmm. Sewell were like, "It's a thriller is going to premiere tonight. Everybody's going to be home. We're going to watch it." I didn't have MTV at the time, so I didn't. I didn't get to watch it as the premiere, but I probably saw it in the next couple of days. Mm-hmm. And it changed how we think about music. It changed how we think about race and culture, and seeing sort of black people as part of American popular culture. And so Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. you know, really transformed the landscape with. Thriller and his music videos. Yeah, Michael Jackson proved that black men can be anything they want to be, even a werewolf. (laughs) Sky's the limit. And 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 really, uh, it's a it's a phenomenal. You know, so it's a great journey on how that that album and those videos were made and the impact that they had on popular culture at the time. So definitely check it out. It's it's wonderful uh, series. And. uh I'm just, I, I still, I don't know that Thriller de- changed the racial politics of America. I just, we're giving things a little more credit than they might be worth. <laughs> it was so segregated. and, and, and Michael Jackson or Rodney King, He's talking I don't about know. MTV being more segregated. You don't realize that, like, radio stations and television shows, they were really, really segregated. And really, it was in the 1980s. And, you know, of course, Michael Jackson was not the only one, you know, mm-hmm. sort of like, think about Tina Turner selling out stadiums. Well, I just remember even yeah. like Diane Carroll talking to uh, the producers of, of Dynasty, and I didn't even think about it at the time. She's mm-hmm. telling me, you need to integrate the show. Mm-hmm. And I probably, had, you know, and I just heard this interview recently. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we talked about integration, but back in the day, it was about schools and things like that. Yeah. Not necessarily about television. The culture. Yeah. Why, why is it so important? And this is like back to the, the parable of the black and blue golden uh, yellow dress. Mm-hmm. You guys remember that viral image of, of people debating what color this dress was mm-hmm. and even when shown evidence otherwise I am that dress. you are the dress in person yeah, yeah. what <laughs> people, color is that what man? is color are you and and well, i guess we all are to some degree right race is a construct and and in, in a sense people were so into the idea that this dress was a certain way that even when given evidence and showing that the dress in fact was black and blue and not mm-hmm. gold and white they refused to accept it and so culture is so powerful, especially television, film and videos and photography, that it can transform how people see the world for the better or for the worse. And so when we're talking about the impact of representation and, and popular culture, it really does have a profound impact on how people become more um, embracing and have an appetite for diversity or as opposed and, and fighting inequality or the otherwise. Maybe. <laughs> of course you're going to say that. That's as much credence as I'll give it. There's a possibility. So this, uh, There's this, hope. This week. I, I wouldn't here's say hope that. Into it. Hope is a strong word. But right. here's the dra- Hope's a stronger here's word the drawback, than right? So if all the content that you're making as a news organization, as a, as a news uh, company, as a journalist, is focused on only popular culture and not talking to people that are not known, grassroots mm. culture, uh, people who are telling the everyday person's stories, then you're not going to, you know, be around for much longer, you know? And, and I think, and I, and I, I know that a lot of journalists and content creators listen to our show as a, as a way to get inspired to create their own content and ideas and be entertained and to be entertained, you know, but for a lot of them, they're just like, what should I write about? Let me listen to feast of fun, you know? And I would say to them, you guys tell the story of the everyday person, the people who don't, we don't know about because, you know, we can talk and, and, you know, Matt Brown, for example, is somebody that most people outside of Chicago don't know who they are, but for the listeners of the show, they know intimately well and 
have an appetite for you. So the day you go perform in New York City or or Florida or Alabama or whatever, you know, audience wherever members, they just made being gay illegal, I'm there. <laughs> Wherever they just said you can't get your hormones, I'll be there. But with you three know dirty saying? needles ready to be your friend. The 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 value of capturing and listening to and understanding people who are not necessarily f- uh, part of the mainstream popular culture is really important. And if you don't do that, then you don't really make yourself a, a relevant or essential to the people. Even if you're writing about because if everybody's things, writing about RuPaul's Drag Race, then nobody's writing about anything. Yeah. And so this week, uh, Stephen Thrasher was pointing out that like a lot of verticals, um, segments of news organizations that dedicated themselves to LGBT news, mm-hmm. but it was mostly like RuPaul's Drag Race stuff, mm-hmm. you know, they uh, decided to close up shop and uh, or other organizations like Vice Magazine are just completely pivoting away from news and becoming just like a film studio. Well, they're, they're, they've stopped creating their, their website, so I think they're going to produce news and content mm-hmm. for other organizations at this point in time because they're just maybe not getting the clicks and the advertisements aren't coming through, so they're losing money. And part of it is they didn't have a relationship with their audience to, one, have that the audience feel, like, mortified. I mean, if we said tomorrow, like, we're stopping Feast of Fun because we ran out of money or business, like, I think our audience would turn around and make it possible for us to continue and have so in the last 20 years that we've mm-hmm. done the show. But I would say like if Vice says we ran out of money, the audience is like, well, I'll go watch, you know, something else. More than likely. You know, there's, there's not a lot of loyalty mm-hmm. to it because they don't have an intimacy with their audience. And I think that's a really important thing. And the only way you can build intimacy is by listening to the voices of the people who are disenfranchised, who are invisible, who are everyday people. And, and I would say to Steven and to other people out there, you know, even though you're talking about really important things like HIV and COVID and mm-hmm. inequality, it's the story of the, the be the studs turkle of your generation. Like tell the story of the people who we don't know, you know, otherwise it's like, honey, which golden girls are you? Take our quiz and find out. I could do that anytime on my own. I'm a mm-hmm. little bit of all three, all four. <laughs> mm-hmm. not, not very much Sophia, but definitely the other ones. I always saw you, you as more of the cheesecake. Yeah? Because um, you, you slice it up. No, because everybody ate you. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I am honestly. Yeah, you're B. Arthur, beyond a doubt. In real life, when I'm not on, um, when I'm like not doing this shit, I'm Rose. I don't know nothing. I tell long stories nobody wants to hear. I'm from, <laughs> I, I'm from the woods and won't shut up about it. I don't. I can't connect any dots. Everything's a surprise to me. I'm brand new all the time. I'm Rose. In real life, I'm very Rose. All right. Yeah. I, w- I wish that, you know, with these organizations, with all the funds and talent that they had, mm-hmm. that they would have done things differently or at least, you know, asked us, like, ask their listeners, like, how are we doing? How, you know, because... Part of that is just like having a conversation with the people that you create content for is really essential. And like, I know for myself, like I'm always talking to you guys, listeners on Instagram and Facebook and through the comments and we hear back from you guys. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a well, lot like of these the, people, the, they don't they don't the, want the to thing interact. Is, though, too, is like, you know, if, if yeah. you're uh, if you're not a conservative news organization, it's hard to get that kind of money. People aren't investing mm-hmm. in it. And even if, you know, if you're conservative, like let's take, for example, like that libs of TikTok, that horrible person that's running that. Uh, you know, they were primarily for a long time funded by one person. One person was giving them tens and tens of thousands of dollars 
to run that organization. Uh, so these news organizations that are pushing right wing propaganda, mm-hmm. they're not they don't necessarily care if they're making a profit from those ad clicks because somebody is pouring millions of dollars into them because they're trying to change the social landscape. And no Russian oligarch is going to pay for us to do this podcast. No, not at all. No, so no Russian oligarch. No Russian oligarch is going to pay BuzzFeed to do a Golden Girls quiz. So the thing about it is, is like even though BuzzFeed was shown to be uh, propped up at some point in its history by right wing funds, um, that is not the case anymore. And they were trying to pivot into being a legitimate news organization, but unfortunately, they didn't couldn't make it work. And to me, it's like, you know, journalism and telling the story of the everyday person is really vital for our society. And it is what prevents us from descending into chaos and fascism and the oppression of people. It's how you fight inequality. And so for me, I'm just like, oh, boy, it makes me sweat. And it's not a good thing to see these organizations go under because they are vital to our that quality of life and, and to have a better future for ourselves. To a certain extent, but I think yeah. I, I think it opens things up because on one hand, if you say that yeah. you need to have this open dialogue with the people you create content for, which I sometimes disagree with because if you're the person who's creating it, you should know better than your audience and it's part of your job to show them what they want. I agree so with that. There, there, yeah. So there's also I don't, some I don't that. think that yeah, you yeah, should yeah, be yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, deciding what to do based on what your audience tells yeah. you, it, but you need to like have – FaceTime with your audience because in a, in a way you're For sure. So you recognize their yeah. needs. For sure. But I do think yeah. that if some of these traditional, well, non-traditional news organizations dry up, we'll see the field of journalism continue to shrivel and die like a desiccated husk, but it will give more people yeah. the opportunity to tell their own stories, which has its good and its bad sides. But ultimately I'm looking at it long-term could be a great positive in this world where people don't know how to read and write and can't critically think, because I think if we can make people who are stigmatized by class and stigmatized by race specifically become aware of the necessity of reading and writing in their lives Mm. to tell their own stories. Okay. If maybe it maybe if 20 years from now, the white kids are the dumbasses who can't read, I'll live with that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, oh, isn't that a pity? But like, I mean, I'm not going to lie and say that I'm not hurting for money. It's like, I'm starting an OnlyFans. You know, it's like as a way just to make ends meet. I'm taking it all off, honey. I'm mm-hmm. shaking and baking it. You know, <laughs> I've even trying to wrap my husband, Mark and Matt Brown into it. Yeah, this makes me very sad. You know what? Doing the OnlyFans. With Every, me? Why does everybody have to be a prostitute now? Like this <laughs> We're is all whores, darling. This is end We've stage, always been this is end stage capitalism. This is the end of it. Every every Instagram ad you get, every everything goes back to someone's OnlyFans. All roads lead back to an OnlyFans. So what uh, I want to do, just for fans, just for fans too. That's so wrong. what I want to do is be I'm naked, this. and you be fully dressed, uh-huh. and you stand in the room with me, mm-hmm. and you yell insults at me mm-hmm. till you make me cry or come. <laughs> it has to come buckets. Okay. Not but, just a little dribble. But I can't touch myself. Well either. normally when I do that it's both. <laughs> second, <laughs> second of all, um 
Am I yelling the insults at your face? Yes, yes, like a drill sergeant. Okay, because I just screaming them into his butt cheeks. I was thinking I could like I've always I could scream at an asshole literally, <laughs> like screaming at a stupid asshole. I mean, like that if, would, if that's a, what you want to do. We'll do it. Um, yeah, may, maybe that would be. I don't know. I'm it's just, a collaboration, I'm, I'm, so then you can take the video and put it on your OnlyFans. I will never have such a thing. Andrea Dworkin's rolling in her grave right now. I can't do this. <laughs> uh uh-uh. Oh, because he shows the anti-porn uh, feminist. Yeah, me, her, Gail Dines, we, uh, Julie. Bindle, you don't watch porn? I, I can't. I can't I well, just can't. because something can be pornographic to someone doesn't mean that it's it's primary. Well, yeah, purpose. no, a man will fuck a stone. Yeah, like a man will uh, stick his dick in a pile of leaves. Yeah, like we all know this. So I don't like that's leaves with scratch. scratch. He'll still do it. Like I want to do uh, one where I'm like uh, where we inflate balloons and have marks sit on balloons and pop them. Okay. Is I was my, warned that that hurts, though. It stings as they, they get popped. What, oh, what if you oh. wore, like, sweatpants or something? Well, you know, yeah, the, the, the point is skin on, on latex well, contact. Maybe if he, like, didn't wear a shirt but wore sweatpants and still, like, sat on the balloons. It's I not the know. same. I don't know. We'll do both versions and see. I don't know. I'm out. against. I, uh, you're against the popping balloons? I, I Boy, just, you're a killjoy. No, because, like, I'm not. I, I have, like, a different mindset because, like. The liberal approach would be like, people shouldn't stigmatize people who do this. And I'm like, yes, I agree with that. But I'm like more of like the nobody should ever get that poor that they're like, well, I guess this is fine compared to the other option. That's where I'm like, wait, we could do something about that. Well, it doesn't I think have to if I were to there. really start an OnlyFans that would have sexual content in it, it would probably be just so I could have sex with other people who are really hot. You haven't already fucked everybody? <laughs> no, some of them want to film it. They're like, we're not fucking unless it's filmed. <laughs> oh, well, in that case, I don't then, want it you know, anymore. You little testament, you know, when I'm an old man, I can sit back and watch videos of a hot young me at 57 having sex with people. Okay, because back when I was younger, <laughs> hot I, young me at 57. Screw it. Because, like, back when I was younger, when guys would say that, that's sort of like if someone says that they're going to bring potato salad, but then they're going to put, like, you know, fucking shredded cheese and raisins in there. Mm-hmm. It's like, then I don't want it anymore. It's like, if we can only do this if you're going to film it, I don't want it anymore. Like, if you're only going to listen, like, um, yeah, but it's mm. for the adventure. It's trying something new, getting outside of your comfort. You listen. had a camcorder in 1989. Don't give me new. I, <laughs> what are you talking about? Listen, fancy, never done this just before. be good to the man and he'll be good to you. I, I, I hate seeing men happy. That's why I won't make them come anymore. As, as Scarlet, what else does Scarlet O'Hara tell us? As God is my witness, I will never go hungry again. The other thing that Scarlett O'Hara did was completely get over it when her daughter died in a horse accident. She just got over little baby Bonnie Blue. She just moved the hell on. Well, that was just editing. You know. In real life, she probably would have been devastated. I'm just imagining a four-year-old on a horse just jumping like, wee, like in a little blue dress. But films at that time always had kids getting... Mauled by animals. Oh yeah, no. Well, I, it's the same way her dad died too. Well, right? kids dying in farm accidents was un- was normal. I had two uncles named Junior. Yeah. No, because my my gr- it would have <laughs> it would have been my great it would have no it would have been my great great grandpa ran over one of his kids with a tractor. Oh geez. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know that the the, the controversial uh, Disney movie that no one will see because it's racist. Song of the South. Song of the South. Mm-hmm. We, like I, I guess it. Played in theaters when we were kids because Mark and I have. This yeah, they did a re-release. Collective memory of a kid being mauled by a bull, I'm and we're just like, I didn't remember the film until I until later. And then it, somebody posted it, the entirety thing on YouTube, and so we sat down and was like, oh, let's watch this thing. Mm-hmm. And at the end, it's like it's so gruesome, and you're just like, well, besides the racism, it's also like these kids are being like killed mm-hmm. by animals 
And, you know, Disney's like, animals sing and dance mm-hmm. and kill children. But a lot of kids got yeah. eaten up by animals back then because I heard this on a podcast. They would have either stopped doing it in like the somewhere between the mid 70s and the early 80s. I can't remember the exact year. But apparently they're in Vegas. There used to be an actual lion outside the MGM hotel and casino. But then someone's kid got like fucking chewed up. Oh, and, Jesus. And so they're like, this has to stop. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh That's boy. That's crazy. Yeah. Hey, what about that right wing uh, nonsense that they're, the liberals want to put litter boxes in bathrooms? That's what, no, the right wing people are saying that there are actual litter boxes in bathrooms for kids who, they, they can't decide whether these kids identify as furries or as furbies. Because you know the Furbies are those little, yeah, those things. And so they have this idea because, you know, everybody, like, nobody knows which bathroom to use. And they're trying to get boys to use girls' bathrooms, girls to use boys' bathroom. You know, they consider this a a trans problem. So they just, you know, they're just making shit up like anything goes, even though it's been debunked. Like, there are no litter boxes in bathrooms for children. But hateful and violent people love to attack in bathrooms, mm. you know, it's mm-hmm. like th- this idea of that, like LGBTQ people are the predators in bathrooms. We're usually the victims of it, you know, and and the news, the the horror story of next Benedict being assassinated by three teenage girls in the bathroom in public schools just shows, you know, that we and then everybody talking about how oh, I've had an experience where I've been assaulted or, you know, beaten up in a bathroom and everyone's like, yeah, me too. And it's something that so many of us experience and nothing's been done about this. And in fact, now we're having to sort of like debate our safety in a space where we, you know, we're peeing and shitting. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, it's, yeah. it's terrifying. And it's terrible. And my heart goes out to to Next Benedict and, and to their family, uh, into that that whole community of people. Because it's yeah. just like to have something like that happen is just, it's horrific. And no no child should have to die like that. Well, and, you know, conservatives and corrupt people are politicizing using a bathroom as a way to basically steal money from everyday people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so and that's what Trump is doing. You know, it's like he's likely he's in the running to being the next president of the United States. And he's a convicted criminal, a thief, a mobster. And it's like in the pocket of, of one of the most ruthless dictators in human history, Vladimir Putin. And, you know, it's like. Ask any person who has dealt with Putin or, or, you know, Russian violence, and they'll tell you this is like not an easy war and it's not a situation to deal with that's going to be difficult, you know? And, and so the Russian propaganda machine even went after us. Like, we're nobody, you know? And so the idea that, that it's like that you're safe, that it's not going to touch you, that it's not going to influence you, it is... I think it's a lot of people being naive and we're all being sort of like shaken and, and led to fight against each other. And when people can unite, it is much harder to destroy communities and cultures than it is when they're divided against each other. So whenever you see anybody like arguing with their friends about, you know, what's the right Beyonce album or you don't like Beyonce enough or you like her too little, but you're all like fans of popular music and, you know, certainly love Beyonce step back and think maybe I'm being a little bit too aggressive with the people that are closest to me or, you know, be like Ricky Martin started only fans for your foot fetish. So we went from a hate crime <laughs> yes. to Russia to diva culture. Well, we started out with talking about Beyonce. Can, and the show. Can, can we talk about your meds? Can we just like, 
I think your vitamins might be hitting a little stronger today because we're just connecting things. Well, this is you called Feast of Fun. It's not called Single Entree of Single Item. Well, it's a Feast of What the Fuck. I think that's what I got. I got my sushi roll. I think he's trying to put it all together. Like, you know, this, kid, this kid being attacked in the bathroom. Do you want to talk more about a, next? A, okay. a direct result of all this, you know, uh, the trans bathroom bans, those things like that, creating this anti-trans sentiment. And especially like in Oklahoma and that libs of TikTok lady who doesn't even live in Oklahoma is on their library board picking out what books they can use. And, and who's funding all this stuff? That, you know, conservatives. And who are they getting their funding from? More conservatives, and oligarchs, Russians, exactly. all that kind so of stuff. Well, we are talking about children here, so mm -hmm. I don't exactly know that their political consciousness or their social media algorithm would mm -hmm. really... But their I, home I, environment, I, their parents, their kids, their communities, true. and uh, believe true. me, these kids are hearing about bathroom bills. They're 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 hearing these true. things. And they're hearing true. these things at church. These people are out there saying they're denying trans people exist. That it's a lie. It's fake. And the woman from TikTok, liberals of TikTok, she's just like, I live in truth. I believe in truth. And the truth is basically that there are no trans people. There are only two genders, and that's and they're you know that's what they want to pretend as though they believe. Because they're pushing some kind of agenda. And that stuff does get filtered out. And kids do learn that kind of stuff. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. You know, and if you are different, you're going to any kind of difference really is going to make you a target among bullies. 100%. And being trans is one of those things. Uh, there's something about trans can be a real trigger for people. And I think part of that might be rooted in misogyny. You know, women well, are victimized all the time. I mean... This is sort of, how do I want to say this? Outside my expertise. Because, mm -hmm. like, I'm... Just say it like Kathleen Turner would. I, this is a little bit beyond me. Because <laughs> um, I'm more someone... <laughs> yeah. Like, I have looked into, like, violence on an academic level somewhat. Like, it does interest me. Mm -hmm. um, as uh, part of what I went to school for, sociology and stuff. But I have looked more into, like, male violence than mm -hmm. violence with young women. But what something I have studied and noticed with violence with young women is that typically that uh, uh, they go to juvie like a lot sooner than when it's boys that fight. Like it gets taken to the maximum a lot sooner mm. and that it's taken to the extremes a lot sooner. So I'm curious to see. Because boys like, will be boys. They kind of yeah, forget yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. But if a girl acts out and violently. But the violence with young girls, it's considered an aberration. So mm -hmm. I'm curious like when this goes to sentencing, if that will hold out or if the anti-queer or whatever would benefit. That. Like I don't know mm -hmm. where they're going to get caught in the middle of all that. That's kind of work. Well, it's not just a, a LGBTQ hate crime. It's also like they're, they were attacking next Benedict for also being part Cherokee. Uh -huh. So, it, it, you know, it's, it's a hot mess. And you know, the school not calling the ambulance because I'm like, if in my day is like, if a kid, you know, cut their finger, there was an ambulance in front of the school, you know? And it's like, these schools are now, like, scared to call emergency services for any reason. Well, I mean, when the schools get shut up, the police won't go in there. So what are we Yeah. What are we really expecting out of anybody? And any like politician when you, when you send that, your kid into a yeah. public school, you're sending them to go have something terrible happen. Let's be very, very real. They're not protected. No well, and that was not the case in our generation. You know, and it's like I, I think about the bullying and so that I experienced has never involved weapons or, or blades or anything. It was words and, and sometimes physical violence, but it was not like, you know— it, it like watching those John Hughes movies <laughs> where mm -hmm. like where that where mm -hmm. the bullies are like literally like punching somebody. Mm -hmm. It was very 
rare experience for me as a as a kid. Oh, when I was know? in high school, people brought guns. Yeah. People set bathrooms on fire. People yeah. sprayed people. Oh, it, people got man. beat up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I talk. I talk about one of the big fights I saw in high school on stage. Actually, it's like my new closer that I've been doing. But like, there were several like momentous, big, big, big fights when I was in high school. Like, I don't know. I think that. Uh, it's really sad. Obviously, anything bad that happens to a child's of greatest tragedy. But I'm really curious as this all pans out what more background information we end up learning about the perpetrators, about what's going mm-hmm. on with their lives, about like just the whole circumstance. Because we just don't know anything yet. And I have a feeling whatever we find out is going to be ugly. Yeah. For sure. Uh, so, Ricky Martin uh, has a foot fetish. Uh, we know too much about everybody. He told GQ magazine, I love feet. I have a foot thing. I love foot massages, and I would kiss your feet like crazy for hours. But we all have something. Some have a fetish of armpits. Men are disgusting. They should all be stuck. <laughs> would you let Ricky Martin suck your toes? No. Into shrimping? No, I don't. No. You don't want to live La Vida uh, footy? Men, La Vida shrimp boy. Shrimp. Men are the only creatures who get porn addictions. We're disgusting. We're awful. The feet footish, the feet fetish, I can't even say it. It's disgusting. I can't. This is awful. What do you not like about human feet? The whole thing. I try to pretend. So you never sucked a toe? Uh, not on purpose. You never stuck your to- like tongue between toes? No, I, I'm sorry. I try to ignore that I even have feet. When, you, when you're topping some bottom and his feet are in the air, you don't just bite his ankles or anything? I, I don't like missionary. Don't look at me. Do you, do you like, have you ever licked the guy's armpit? <laughs> You, you, I am nibbled on his earlobe and got a little bit of earwax. I've decided I've, I've, I had to stop nibbling on earlobes. Why did you get a taste of something? No, because some people they don't like it, and so their instinct reaction is to pull away, and that's the last thing you want to do when your earlobe is between somebody's teeth because you're going to tear your earlobe. But Mark's earlobes are so you Mike Tyson somebody. Well, you know, it's usually they have an earring or something those pop out, and maybe some blood or something like that. Yeah. Okay, Evander Holyfield all over. <laughs> well, Mark, you, it's one of those things where you really got to get consent about that. When you were young, yes, one of your sisters problem. cut your hair. She cut my hair and she cut my ear. Mm-hmm. And now you're like a little alley cat. No, you have a little, little tag nip, in my ear. Nip on the ear. But I'm not neutered. <laughs> we couldn't get lucky. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, Matt Brown, follow them. No. <laughs> I'm going to go upside your fucking head so goddamn fast. Him? Yes. Ben? What's your pronouns? Are we really doing this? I'm about to. Follow I'm, Matt Brown on Instagram. I, Ms. Brown comic. Comedy. Comedy. I'm literally going to go over this table. I swear to God. I'm just going to like cry. <laughs> chill, chill, chill. Make love, not war here. MS Brown Comedy. Ms. Brown Comedy. Comedy. On Instagram, on TikTok, and that's my website and as well. And you are going to be performing in New York City in, music. Yeah. April 19th, I'm going to be singing at St. Jean Baptiste in New York. Um, You can see all my shows uh, in uh, uh, on my website, msbrowncomedy.com slash calendar. And I also have a new clip of stand-up on my website from last month. So if you haven't seen any of my stuff, in a while since you're a fan from far away you can check that out all right all and right what should i name my only fans let me know on instagram fausto fernos just send me a message and be like call it the house of everlasting love only and if, gramps and if you would like any book rec- <laughs> and if you would like any book recommendations on anti-porn literature please let me know i will dm you thank you <laughs> okay andrew <Dworkin. laughs> you're welcome 
Boy, you're a party animal. I really am. <laughs> I, I'm here for the you're young You're like Debbie hip. Downer, but when it comes to sex. Absolutely. It's Did disgusting. You know Stop this month. Syphilis next month, you'll be a horny little rise. bastard. Yeah. Yes. No. I know. No, you're like, you have such a love-hate relationship with sexuality. It's disgusting, all of it. Even straight people. It's not like a gay thing. We're all gross. And you can bug Mark Felian on Instagram. Mark Felian. M-A-R-C-F-E-L-I-O-N. And be like, why'd you post more pictures of yourself? I'm oh. so hot for you. I will. I will. I promise. For now, you'll just. Be and what are the consequences if you don't live up to that promise? Uh, what will you do? Will you uh, sit on popped balloons <laughs> some more? You're all going to hell. You know I'm that. I'm gonna like. I'm gonna melt ice cubes in my butt cheeks. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I like you know just paying tribute to performance <laughs> art. You know, I was just so hurt. Karen Finley. What did she do? <laughs> so she sad. shoved uh, canned yams up her ass. Oh, she did. Yeah, I could do that. It's nutritious. Can I come back next time and talk about like female scientists and like women who invented things? Like Jesus Christ, this just hurts. You're talking about women sticking. Okay, Madam Curie, blah, 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 blah. I'm in pain. You know, let's talk about George Washington Carver some more. It is. Oh, no. No, not him Can jerking I everybody you off. into a therapeutic benefit no, of goes a like peanut oil massage? Oh, Young no. man, may I interest you in the therapeutic benefits of a hot peanut oil massage? Is actually what he said. He actually said that is documented. Can you imagine how soft your dick would be if you heard that, like in your ear? But he's I, the I, great George Washington Carver. We would not have half of the shit that we have today if it wasn't for his work. That does not mean I want him to jerk me off with peanut oil. What if he was young? A young Washington. I, it's not about age. You know I like a grown man. You're okay. almost too young for me. But uh, <laughs> I like a grown man. But yeah, no, I just, not, no, not, not, because he was dressed like Colonel Sanders. It was always the white suit. That was not fun for me. Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't, was he always in white? I don't know. I feel like I saw a couple pictures in a okay. white suit. No, I, I feel like, like I've seen happy. him in, in, in gray suits. Okay, that I could tolerate maybe. And, okay. you know, just a shout out to Percy LaVon Julian. Who the hell is that? Yeah, see, you don't know any shit about black history. I knew. What's my degree for in black He's studies? He's an American research chemist who okay. uh, worked in, uh, you know, the early half of the 20th century. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he helped to develop... Steroids. Steroids. Roids, baby. Roids. And birth control. So he was oh, able okay. to synthesize, building on the work of George Washington Carver. Okay. Another, I mean, if you don't know who George Washington queer. you hate peanut butter if you do not like George Washington Carver, right? He didn't invent peanut butter, by the way. Mm. But Percy LeVon Julian, he, he just used it as lube. What made it so we could uh, do hormone replacement therapy for trans people, for birth control. I mean, he changed the world. And for of healthcare and human health uh, by making it very affordable and easy to synthesize hormones of all kinds um, from plants, especially a sweet potato, mm. which George Washington Carver truly loved. He was not the peanut butter man. He was a sweet potato man. And when he traveled in time, met with Tina Turner, Auntie Entity, and she says, aren't we up here, peanut butter man? He said, do not call me that. I whatever what you, I think you and Kamala Harris have the same psychiatrist because you make the same <laughs> level of sense and have that level of tether to reality. Aren't we a pal? You're like that man. close. Yes. Don't you know, tell me about the rules. I made the rules, and this man has broken the law. I am the rules. Yeah. <laughs> bust and the, the deal, says, spin the wheel. Spit, bust the deal, spin the wheel. Okay, now you're talking on the side of your mouth like <laughs> Betty Davis after the stroke. Did you know that I have two Academy Awards? You were really just right out the. You know, Betty Davis was the sane one in the in the 
Joan Crawford, Betty Davis. Oh duopoly. yeah, Joan Crawford is out of her mind. She's out of her mind. Joan Crawford went to the Academy Award voters so, and argued against whatever happened to Baby Jane, robbing herself of millions of dollars in revenue. I don't just think to that piss actually. Off Betty Davis. Now I don't think that actually you don't happened. Think that happened. And here's why. If Joan could campaign effectively enough to get people to not vote for Betty, couldn't she have campaigned to get herself a nomination in the supporting category? There you go. Well, if, 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 if she had all this power and knew all these people and could sway all of them. What, 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 she didn't have enough power to put herself in the category. Betty Davis was saying she had enough influence to discourage people from voting for a movie that benefited her financially. Okay, I'm going to put it to you this way. Damn, how much do you hate Betty Davis? I like Betty Davis, but there's just like <laughs> lines, limits, and logic. So five, six years later, yeah. so like later in the 1960s, do you remember when uh, uh, Barbara Streisand tied with Katherine Hepburn to win the Oscar mm -hmm. for uh, 1968? Well, Barbara had just been admitted to the Academy of Motion Picture Art and Sciences. There's a whole documentary on this on Be Kind Rewind. Mm -hmm. So theoretically, she's the one new member, and she ties with Katherine Hepburn. She oh. voted for herself, and that's why she has an Oscar. <laughs> so if Barbara Streisand had the power to do that in 1968, I would think if Joan Crawford is really a batter and a swinger with an Oscar and a reputation in 1962, you see what I'm saying? Like, if, if she could... If Barbara Streisand could do that six years later, I think Joan Crawford could have gotten herself a nomination if she really could, had a baseball bat that swung. But she didn't. I think Betty made that. I don't up. think people campaign for the nominations like they do today, like for like taking out those ads for your consideration. Mm -hmm. I think back in the day, they were just kind of like, well, let's see if I get nominated. But uh, I mean, there probably was some pushing behind the scenes, but not like, I mean, actors take out full page ads now mm -hmm. or did. And they nowadays, it's probably a bunch of whole social media messaging. I love Betty Davis. We have a lot in common, mostly our impending stroke. But um, <laughs> love of cigarettes. I'm, I quit. God You're damn smoking it. while we're taping the show. Uh, vaping. That's different. That's completely different. I smell the strawberry, whatever it's, nauseating thing coming across. Stop the it. It's uh, terrible. You're making me sick. You were born that way, and you're not even. Uh, you, and you have your clothes on this time. Uh, Every time I've made you throw up, it was worth it. Um, yeah, but no, I, this is, this barely counts. Um, yeah, no, but I've completely off cigarettes. I've stopped drinking alcohol. Um, I am living a clean lifestyle. Very proud health, of you. Health, yeah, health, yeah, yeah. health, health, yeah, yeah. health, 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 health. You're only like, uh, you're going to live forever. Now. No, I hope the fuck not. Oh no. Oh no. Living for, no. Are you, are you, you're lifting no. weights. You're going vegan. Fuck that. Are you yeah. out of your mind? <laughs> Lift a weight. I'm barely lifting a shopping bag. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, okay. I'll go. To, I, I've only been inside of a gym once and then he broke up with me. I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I'm Matt, not, I want to thank you I'm for not coming on the out. podcast. Hey, today. last but not least, uh, it is, we're wrapping up black history month. What's your favorite Black historian, historical figure, or pop culture, or movie. What like speaks? What to do you we the need most? to know? Oh, what? How would I best educate the children? Yeah, just name one thing that you're just like this. I I'm so thrilled, stoked about it. Everybody learn, go learn about it. Um, who's I, your favorite? I would say that if you have What's not, your favorite? if you have not checked any of their books out, and you are trying to get into the trying to get into something black this month, and you just have never read anything. Go read Toni Morrison. Just okay. do it. Just do it. 
And even if you have, go find an especially Bluest Eye. Great entry because it's short. Mm -hmm. It's her first book. I really think reading her in order is a great uh, experience. But yeah, definitely go read Bluest Eye or go read like The Fire Next Time by James Baldwin. Go get you something black that's like under 200 pages. It's it's, you only have a couple days left. So use your Amazon Prime. But hey, you get a short book and finish it. You get an extra year this year or extra day this year because it's leap year. Exactly. Exactly. So use your Amazon Prime. Get it overnighted. Get some under 200 pages so you'll finish it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's lovely. Mark, what, what for you, uh, what speaks out to you in black culture and historical figures? And don't say Martin Luther King Jr. I'm going to scream. <laughs> well, I just guess I just learned that yeah. um, Malcolm X's uh, bodyguards were arrested uh, like days before his assassination because they wanted to get rid of his bodyguards so it would be easier to mm-hmm. assassinate him. Wow. I, that's I don't think I knew that before. Thing. So Malcolm yeah. X's bodyguards? Yeah, that's your. Those are your black history. Fans. No, I'm just oh, saying yeah, this is like yeah. no. Those are your black fig- trivia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little black okay, trivia. Okay, okay. I, I was also caught off guard. Okay. So no, no, no. I'm not. Oh, saying, I'm not, no, no, no. I'm not saying it was a bad fact. I didn't know if you were pointing out Malcolm X or the bodyguards. I didn't know what yeah, your point was. I was I'm just I, I, name I, I, something. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, okay. Name. What a challenging question. Well, you name know. a woman. My mother, I think. No, you know, Joan of Arc. For me, it's like you know, it's a, it's a tie. Uh, Eartha Kitt, yeah. of course, uh, George Washington Kava. I can't stand you. Because really, you know, the, they're just... I wonder f- if they ever met. <laughs> you know, I wish they would have. What would that be like? Well, Let's see, when did he die? That's literally like the grandma, were you a slave? That is so funny. No, I mean, well, he lived well into the 40s. If I could actually like pluck people out of time and make them meet each other and sit and ha- watch them interact with each other... Eartha Kitt and George Washington Carver would have okay. a great He died in 43. Okay, so, yeah. so can I so ask you a question? Yes. Do you like any black people who have anything approaching a normal speaking voice? Oh my God, stop it. <laughs> okay, because it's Eartha and George Washington Carver. Does anybody who like talks like a person. Do you person- think that Eartha Kitt just speaks <laughs> abnormally? How dare you? Do you talk like about any black way? people that How just sound like a person? <laughs> How dare you insult and Because they both sort of sound like aliens. Me. How dare you? <laughs> they both sort of sound extraterrestrial. <laughs> so I was just asking. Maybe they were. Like, is I your am, other? Is, I am not a freak. <laughs> is your third favorite black person Chris Tucker, the Fifth Element? Is that? Is the, like? Is that? Ru- Ru- like? Rob Ru- Rudy Rod. Rob Rudy. Rob Rudy. I think. Rob Rudy. <laughs> what an annoying character. It's like, oh my god. Was he the first? I feel like he wasn't the first choice for that character. No, I think he they wasn't. Wanted to give it to, did they want to give it to? They give it to Denzel Washington. No, I think, it was, really? I think it might have been Eddie Murphy. They wanted to give it to Cat Williams. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> but that guy made so much money off those Jackie Chan movies. Mm-hmm. He never really had to work again. Yeah, yeah, he does stand up when he wants to. I had the biggest crush on Chris Tucker when I was a kid, and I first saw Friday. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I thought he was so cute. He's adorable. Well, when he was yeah. all skinny and he was like twenty four or something. Well, I'm sure he feels the same way about you. Oh, I'm sure he doesn't. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure I'm not the type of light skinned girl he likes. We'll put it that way. If not I yet. What you desire, then let me know it. I, I don't know about When him. I'm near, I want to hear you. Sigh. He's only 52. Which is good for me. Yeah. That's um, a good age. Wait a minute. Chris Tucker and I are, are, are I'm turning uh, 52 in April. Wow. What's it like to be young and beautiful still? Young, gorgeous. I'm getting a DNA test. To find out if you're your own father? <laughs> uh, well, there's two debates in my family. One is a cousin of mine. Uh, she, they say that she is not genetically part of her family. Mm-hmm. They and found her in a basket. The, well, the thought her the, father was adopted. Yes, okay. but the, but the idea is that he adopted his child by another woman. Oh, 
So I'm getting a DNA test to, to figure that out. And the other controversy or the debate is what what race how, was my grandfather? How black are you? How black am I? <laughs> Not <tiny>. enough. <laughs> That's the answer. Not enough. <laughs> are you related to Hitler? Take this DNA test and find out. Are there any Argentinians in the background? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So, so it's going to be really interesting. I'm bringing it to a family. I'm getting a fa- my first time family reunion in mm. March. Uh, so all the all the people on my mother's side of the family okay. uh, are going to get together. Really extended family in the middle of nowhere in a Texas so, ranch. So. so if you are related to this person by blood, are you going to wait until the family reunion? To of course. It? <laughs> the results of the DNA test. You are such a fucking Alexis. I'm like you Alexis. Are, yeah. <laughs> you are such a little dynasty character. Hello, everyone. I'm going to wear a pink a mink coat and come in there. Purple like, eyeshadow yeah. and a veil. <laughs> Well, it looks like you are related to me, and yeah. you owe her millions of you're, dollars. But you're going to touch up your lip gloss before. <laughs> I I really want to see the shoulder pads. I, I, I want to see Fausto um, with a landline and like take off his earrings before he picks up the phone. I, you know when women used to do that, <laughs> take off the earring and then pick up the landline. There were clip-ons. Yeah, there were clip-ons. Yeah, I, I miss that. You'll never see that in a movie ever again. <laughs> I, I know used to love it's that. terrible. And, right. and you do a Dominique Dovaroso well. I mean, that's just my natural personality. Yeah. I sort of like I live in a Dominique Devereaux. Well, you and I got into a fight one time and we, we almost stopped being friends because mm-hmm. we could not agree on if we were to recreate scenes from Dynasty, uh-huh. who gets to be Joan Collins? <laughs> that does sound like a no, fight. That was I would you get and into. I because we were we were it was like who's nobody wants be, to be Linda Evans. And I'm like, Fausto, of course you have to be Linda Evans because <laughs> you have the big blue eyes, you know? You tried to be nice. And I, that way I can I can look at her and be like She's she's quite strong, isn't she? <laughs> what a healthy girl. That's like one of the first things Alexis says about her. She's quite strong. She's healthy. Yeah. That this champagne is burnt. So Why don't you try the yeah. caviar? I think yeah. it's, it's so not burnt. Trust that would be to your taste. To, yeah, it's not burnt, I, is it? I wouldn't know because no. Trova and I prefer Petrosian Beluga. Yes. No, but I think unfortunately, <laughs> as much as I, as much as I love Joan Collins and that reface app, if y'all remember that, I put my oh, I love I it. put my head on her body in a couple things and it fits well. Mm. Um, I would have to play Dominique because everyone forgets Dominique's supposed to be mixed. So mm. like I just yeah. I got to be up there serving light skin realness. Is it a, a spoiler <laughs> alert to say that she's. Well, how else would she related be? How else would she be blood? related to the Carringtons? Mm hmm. I don't. I guess yeah. so. Is the 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 father Blake's John dad. Blake's dad? Yeah, yeah. Had an affair with the maid. With I the maid. No, I don't think it was. With the, another with oh, a black, with black woman. woman. We don't know her job. Okay, because normally the, it was a long term relationship. Okay, because normally the stereotype yeah. is the guy who's just abusing a woman who lives in his house and nobody finds out because she has to go home to her actual family and pay no, their bills. No, they had a long term relationship. Okay, but John okay. Forsythe's a character. Blake. He married his secretary, uh, Crystal. Mm-hmm. You know, Linda Evans. Yeah. So it was like, you know, in that show, there was a lot of like people fucking their boss. Just like in real life. Well, that, I mean, yeah, that's sort of. That's how you get ahead and get head. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. How do you rise in the ranks of the corporate America? I'm just Sleep good at the band. I'm just good at my job. I never had to fuck. No, nobody wanted to fuck me. All my life I've been fighting. I'm <laughs> tired of fighting. No more. Nobody ever wanted to fuck me, and they still tried. That's the <laughs> Miss Seeley. You show is beautiful. That's your next album, I guess. 
Yeah. Why don't we re- rewrite all of color purple and just make it like, so it's all like positive affirmations. Like all the characters get along and everybody mm. loves each other. Everybody's self-assured. I am black. I am ugly. I am poor. That's what you She want. does say like, that in the movie. No, though. She like, does, I, no she says, I might exactly. be. No, that's what I'm and saying. then she does the hat. And it was funny because she's in the car and she puts her hand up in such a way. And I instinctively like, let me make that hat because she's about to do something. And she delivers a curse to Mr. She is a mutant. And, and she's, she's an just, X-Men. You and know? she's just like, everything's going to be fucked up for you until you do right by me. Was that her audition for the Marvel movie? Was she trying to get you to imagine lightning coming out of her hands? <laughs> she might be the next storm. She might be. <laughs> Fantasia Barreno. Mm-hmm. Why not? I, I don't know if Fantasia. What was she doing in a Marvel movie? She can play anything. They have one black character. It's got to be Storm. No, I'm, no, I'm thinking that uh, Taraji could be Storm <laughs> and then Fantasia's superpower could be like being louder than everything on planet Earth. Because mm. Fantasia That's can canary. be. Like, because Fantasia can sing. So, like, I think she can be like, do the Patty LaBelle thing where she just opens her mouth and then like buildings fall and shit. <laughs> like, I think that could, be, that could be Fantasia's superpower. Just a hey, and then just. It would not have been a, a Feast of Fun podcast talking yeah. about black culture without bringing up Patti LaBelle. I mean, where are her background singers? That's the eternal question. Mm. They, where Did are they ever show up? I mean, when I saw her a year or two ago in concert, they showed up and they never left. And they I appreciate not. them for staying by did, her. And the people, did they were they okay with the cue cards and stuff? Did they? Patty do, hasn't really known the words to any of her songs for like twenty years, and mm. we just accept that about her. Dolly Parton has a teleprompter when she ever she performs, which and she wrote all of those, which just proves the memory ain't so good once you get to be a certain mm-hmm. age. But have you? Well, heard you just the, don't want to trip anything yeah. up, mm-hmm. you know. Well, have you heard? Helps that, you keep the rhythm or something. The Dolly right? Parton collaboration with all the pop stars and stuff. What do you like the rock album? Yeah, did you actually hear it? I heard some of the some of the singles from it. Dolly has she doesn't really have like a rock and roll voice. She can do the stuff, but like she's not like a she doesn't have a hard edge, you know, like rough Mm -hmm. voice. She at this point sounds like this is not popular opinion here. She sounds like one of Alvin and the Chipmunks, you know, (laughs) and it's like, and I'm kind of like, well, if you're going to collaborate with everybody, you Mm -hmm. know. There's there's your collaboration. Oh, you're telling me that like when they make another movie that Dolly can be the one girl chipmunk? Yeah, why not? Why not? I mean, she has a squeaky voice. It's full of happiness, you know, and and, and, and people have been clamoring for Dolly Parton and Beyonce to do a collaboration together. Well, that that could happen now that she's doing country. But I do think uh, Dolly doing R&B would be more interesting. Sure. Like if Beyonce had sung Telephone with Dolly Parton instead of Lady Gaga. Mm. Like that that would have. Who knows? Who knows? That song was initially uh, tried to. They tried to sell it to Britney Spears and she turned it down. Yeah. No, I remember hearing the the demos of that. Oh, oh, yeah. Britney Spears. I remember back when she was really going through that shit. Yeah, it was Aren't we all? I remember I, I, during sex, I wouldn't come. I would just say free Britney. That's what <laughs> that, that, that was my contribution to the movement. <laughs> Matt Brown, thank you so much for celebrating Black History Month with us. I'm so happy I got to celebrate it with my two favorite pale people. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> <laughs> Both my personalities are white bitches. That's what I just heard. Uh, hey, if you guys love the Face of Fun podcast, subscribe to it. Even though you, some people just click and listen to one yeah. show, you can actually follow it. Doesn't cost you any money, and you can get all the latest shows. 
popping up on your mobile device. Just hit the plus mm-hmm. button, whether it's on Spotify or, or Apple Podcasts mm-hmm. or Google Podcasts and so on. Share it with your friends. Let people know we're, we're here, our, our 20th season at Feast of Fun, and it's all made possible because of you, the listeners. I appreciate you all, but especially those people that have been here since, like, day one or even yeah. those people that came on day 30 and then went back and listened to the 30 shows before that i am you know? one of those day one bitches i remember listening to you and i lived in the woods in 2008 because i was like ooh, faggots and how old were you like 10 or 11 i'm not joking I, I fucking I'm so, love not it. so you're like one of those rupaul drag race contestants that grew up watching the show and basically now their adult version is basically geared to making the show happen no, because, indefinitely. No, because I read books. <laughs> that would be the great difference. I read books and learned languages. That would be the grand <laughs> difference. And last but not least, uh, people are like, "Well, how could you talk about Beyonce and not br- br- bring up Dreamgirls?" That's tomorrow's show. It is. Bye, everybody. Bye. We are your Dreamgirls, born to make you. Is, what? Rob- is Robert coming on tomorrow? Bye. 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 Bye.